We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It is Monday. It is June 3rd. It's 2019. And we have three baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. Podcast is sponsored and brought to you by FantasyDraft.com. If you haven't checked out Fantasy Draft, make sure you head on over there, check them out, sign up through the Rotor Grinders links. I think the promo code is Grinders. That way you get three months of Rotor Grinders Premium for Fantasy Draft. Plus, you'll get any cool promos that we run with Fantasy Draft, you'll get access to those. So, if you haven't checked them out, head on over there, check them out. They got a ton of stuff going on over there on Fantasy Draft right now. They got baseball, um, you know, contests up for today. Less Max enter, um, and, and you know they do have some important news coming up here. What we should be able to bring to you guys soon. But five thousand dollar home run, twenty five dollar buy in over there today. You can only enter it six times, so you're not playing against one hundred and fifty teams like you are on other sites. So. If you haven't checked them out, make sure you head on over there. Check them out. Let's get into it. Three games. Going to break down the three games, and then I had some people ask me some questions on Twitter. I'll answer those. And going to be a shorter podcast today. I'm solo. Uh, Will will be joining me tomorrow. We just moved it back a day. And, um, yeah. So get into it here. We got the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. Walker Bueller against Robbie Ray. Um, eight and a half total. Bueller is a 144 favorite. Um, you know, Arizona without David Peralta, a little bit worse against right handed pitching. Uh, they do still, they don't strike out a ton, but Bueller is definitely one of the top arms on this slate. It's an interesting three game slate because we do have some pitching options that you know we have to choose from, but you know, Walker Bueller is certainly somebody that I'm looking at here. Um, I think this is a a decent spot, and I'm just looking for you know pure upside, and I think he definitely has the upside. Um, the one thing that will be interesting is to see if they have the roof open or not. Uh, the information is not up on their site right now, so I can't even look and see 
if the roof is open or not. Um, so hopefully we get that information before the lock. Um, but yeah, so Walker Bueller, he comes into this game, you know, with at least six strikeouts now in six straight games. You know, he struggled against the Mets last time out. Allowed five earned runs. That was his worst start of the season. Um, you know, he doesn't really have drastic home road splits, so I'm not too worried about that here. You know, there are some strikeouts here. Like I said, Marte, Escobar, Walker, and um, Alex Avilia all have strikeout rates over 20% against right-handed pitching, but they have some good bats here as well. So, you know, I don't think it's just a, a lock and load spot, but I don't think there's a lock and load spot on this slate. Um, as far as the other side of this game, Robbie Ray, you know, this is a team last year that really struggled with left-handed pitching. They've gotten a lot better against lefties this year. You know, Kiki Hernandez, Justin Turner, they have freeze. Taylor's been hitting lefties. But if they roll out a lineup here where Bellinger's in there, Muncy's in there, Seager's in there, it's given Robbie Ray three lefties. And, yeah, Bellinger's been great against lefties this season. But I think Robbie Ray is a guy that has the ability to go out and get these lefties out. So I, I do think this is an interesting tournament spot for Ray. Um, you know, maybe as a pivot off of Bueller. I don't know. I think you could play both of these guys together as well. So certainly looking at both of these guys for tournaments. I like the upside for both of these guys. That does not mean I'm not targeting some bats against them. Um, it's a three-game slate. You know, you can have one or two bats against your pitcher. It's not, you know, going to be crazy. I, I, you know, I don't expect any of these guys to go out and throw a complete game shutout. So I think this is a good spot that if you want to take a couple bats against your pitcher, you can. Looking at the Dodgers here, I, I do think Turner's interesting. I know his power numbers are still up against lefties and, you know, the fly ball rates up with the hard contact. So definitely don't mind him. Don't mind Kike Hernandez. Doesn't strike out a lot, walks a lot, you know, has a good eye at the plate against left-handed pitching. You know, Freeze is a guy that I always worry about playing uh, just because I think pinch hit risk is real with him. So, you know, he's a guy that's kind of iffy for me. Depending on where Taylor hits, I think he's a little interesting. And then if you want Bellinger in the lefty-lefty matchup, I, I think that it's a very, very risky spot. But I don't think a lot of people will play him in, in that spot as, as well. So, And then uh, good old Will Smith, 2,700 as a, a catcher if you're looking over there on DraftKings. Uh, just kind of looking really quick. None of the Dodgers really standing out to me price-wise on FanDuel. Um, Kiki Hernandez, 3,100. David Freeze is 2,800. Uh, and, and Chris Taylor is 2,400. So you could potentially get some of these righties there a little bit cheaper. As far as the Arizona bats go, um, you know, the strikeout walk, the strikeout rate is really high for Christian Walker. But he's one of the best power bats in this lineup if you're looking for just pure upside here. He's going to come in at a pretty good Fanduel price at 2900 So I think he's certainly in play over there. Um, outside of that, you know, I think Escobar and Marte are certainly interesting plays. I don't think they're lock and load plays. Um, they'd be more plays on Fanduel than DraftKings. They're priced where they should be. On DK, they're priced pretty high. And, you know, it's a little easier to fit them in with a top pitcher over on Fanduel. Nothing else really standing out for me. The bottom of this lineup has been struggling quite a bit. Um, Dyson at the top of the order. He's a guy that if he gets on, obviously has some stolen base upside. Um, but this isn't a great stolen base spot for him. So I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Uh, if you get him cheap on a site and want to take advantage of it, he's just not really cheap on DraftKings at 4,600. And 
you know, FanDuel is three thousand. I think that's okay. Uh, definitely would rather play three thousand than you know forty six hundred. So, uh, moving on, we got Philadelphia at San Diego. Seven and a half total here. Aaron Nola, Eric Lauer, uh, Nola, one thirty on the road, one thirty favorite on the road. I think Nola is my top pitcher on the slate. Um, just looking at his lineup, it's pretty right-handed heavy. I, I know like um, Nyler's up. And Garcia's there, Hosmer's there. You know they've added some some left-handed bats in this lineup, but it's still a spot that I think Nola can go out and dominate. After starting the season kind of sluggish, he has 26 strikeouts over his last three games: um, St. Louis, Chicago, and Colorado. So I think this is a great spot for Aaron Nola facing this right-handed team, and this team strikes out a ton, almost 25% strikeout rate combined with their starters against right-handed pitching this season. And some of these guys, you know, are way up there. Garcia's at 25%. Reyes at 26.5%. Machado and Hosmer both over 20%. Myers at 36% and Hedges around 30.4%. So the matchup is great for Aaron Nola. I, I love this spot for him. I think this is a spot that, like I said, I I'm going to play him quite a bit. He's my top arm on the slate. And um, he's probably the guy that I'm going to lean on in, on FanDuel cash games. I think you could play Robbie Ray or Walker Bueller if you want to go a little bit riskier. But I think Nola's the guy that I'm going to play in cash here on this slate. Uh, love the spot for him. Eric Lauer on the other side of this game. This team's been really, really good against left-handed pitching throughout the whole season. Um, you know, top 10 in a lot of categories against lefties this season. So I don't think this is a spot that I necessarily trust Eric Lauer. I don't want to play the lefties against him. He has been really, really good at keeping the ball on the ground and not allowing a lot of hard contact to lefties. 4.7% hard to soft contact ratio against lefties this season. So I don't want to play the lefties against him, but transitioning into the bats here, I'm looking at these righties. I think this is a good spot for the righties. Eric Lauer, 320 Woba, 166 ISO, but a 40% hard or fly ball rate with a 43.3% hard hit rate against righties. So a lot of hard contact, very little soft contact. Ground ball rate goes down. Fly ball rate goes up against righties. So definitely a spot that I, I really like the righties here. You know, obviously starting with Hoskins, you know, he's always a guy that I, I love for power. Um, I also like this spot for Gene Segura. He profiles really well in this matchup. J JT Romuto, if you want to pay up at catcher, I think he's certainly in play. Um, and just kind of seeing if there's anybody cheap, you know, Kingery is not cheap, but I think he's a little bit interesting. He'll probably be lower owned than a lot of these guys. If Sean Rodriguez cracks the lineup, uh, S ride would be a little interesting, um, under 4k. So certainly don't mind looking at some of these guys here. Um, you know, Gene Segura, 4,500. I really like that price tag. You know, you're paying up for Hoskins in this spot, but it's a three game slate and he's a guy that has double dong upside. So certainly like him in this spot. Um, as far as the San Diego bats go, I think Reyes as a one-off um, is interesting. Even though it's a righty-righty matchup, he just continues to have a ton of power against righties. Um, he's 3800 I love the price tag on Reyes today. It's kind of priced for the matchup. So I, I like the upside. I think there's a lot of downside too. Obviously, nothing's safe in baseball as far as just safety in general. So I don't think I would play him in cash but i do love the price the price point upside is, is really there 
Josh Naylor is a little interesting at 3,500, but I don't want to go out of my way to target him. If he gets a good lineup spot, maybe, you know, maybe if he hits like leadoff or something surprisingly out of the, out of nowhere, uh, maybe he's a little bit more interesting if that happens, but not really liking this team. That's one of the reasons I like Nola. Um, it's a three game slate. I think Nola is going to be pretty popular. And if you want to build a leverage, leverage three game slate, Padres stack, you probably do it with Reyes, Machado, Myers, Nyler, and just hope for, you know, a bad start from Nola. Uh, last game, not a long one today, boys and girls. Um, Houston at Seattle, we got Corbin Martin against an opener, followed by Wade LeBlanc. Uh, the opener is expected to go one to two innings. Uh, Corbin Martin is a guy that has a live arm. It just has not translated very well into the majors yet. Uh, I think this is going to be a tough spot for him. This is definitely the game that I'm looking at for offense. I think a lot of people will be looking at offense here. Martin has really just struggled with command. Um, you know, he's leaving pitches over the middle. I watched some of the start last time against the Cubs, and he just – he was struggling there. So not a spot that I, I think I play Corbin Martin. I really think I'm going to stick to the three pitchers that I've talked about. Uh, I certainly don't want to play Wade LeBlanc. <laughs> um, yeah, Wade LeBlanc this season against right-handed bats, which this team is very right-handed heavy. 408 Woba, 278 ISO, 92.5 average – Exit velocity, 13.5% K rate, and a 40 or 38.6% hard to soft contact radio, ratio against righties. So I love the right-handed bats for Houston here. Uh, I think they're definitely the top team to target. You know, Miles Straw got called up. He's not a power bat, but he has a ton of speed. So if he can get on base here, massive stolen base upside. Uh, so I, I really like Straw here. I think Bregman's one of the top players on the slate. Gary L, um, if you want a little bit of value, you know, he's 3,500 today. He's one of the top value plays on the slate. Um, if you're not paying down for Will Smith, I think you could look at Torinos at catcher. He's another guy that's interesting. I don't know what it is about Houston on the slate, but they have some nice value plays. I think really the only guy you're having to pay up for is Bregman or Brantley. Um, and I don't even hate Brantley even in the lefty-lefty matchup here. Way the Blanc's not been great against lefties either. So certainly don't mind Brantley or even Josh Reddick. Um, if Mayfield's in there, if he's in the lineup, or if Tyler White's in the lineup, they're really cheap. Uh, so, yeah, look at those guys as well. Um, as far as the Seattle bats go, you know, really like – this the Seattle stack as well. You know, Vogelbach obviously, you know, a top option for me. Um, I think he's one of the top plays on the entire slate, 4,300. Certainly going to, you know, slide him over there into the cash game lineup. I, I think this is a great spot to look at him. You know, E5 on Fandle, I, I like the idea of playing both of those guys. I think it's, you know, a high upside spot for both of those guys. Mitch Hanniger, Another guy that I like here, you know, Martin has really struggled with righties. Hanniger is a guy that can hit right-handed pitching. Kyle Seager really hasn't shown a ton of power since coming back from the IL. Uh, but, you know, obviously I think the power will come with him. I'm not too concerned. Still getting a really good lineup spot and still really cheap. So it's a spot that, like I said, I'm going to kind of play – I guess it's a little bit chalkier than anything else and just kind of look at this game, you know, maybe a game stack with this game and cash and just hope that 
hope this game scores. We get some runs in this game because I, I think this is certainly the game you want to be targeting. Uh, gonna play the morning grind game. It's tougher with three games. Um, uh, pitcher under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. There are four options, and one of them is Wade LeBlanc, and one of them is the opener. Um, I think if anybody got there, it'd be Martin. You know, if he can get the command down a little bit and, and pitch better in this game, I, I think he'd be the guy that got there for sure. Over 8K to score under 15. Who's my kind of bust here? Obviously not a ton of options up here as well with only um, three games. I would say my least favorite of the three priced in this range are Rob is Robbie Ray. But realistically, I'm going to be playing all three of these guys in a mix. Um, but Ray's probably my least favorite. I think I'll end up playing Nola and Bueller and Cash. Um, over 4K to hit a home run. Oh, let's see here. I feel like I take Vogelbach every day, so I don't want to take him. I want to switch it up here. Um, give me Mitch Hanniger to hit a home run. I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch her up a little bit here today. I uh, like the price tag on Hanniger quite a bit. Um, under 4K to get two hits. I think there's a lot of options under 4K to get two hits today. Um, lot of lot of plays here. I'm just kind of looking to see. Give me Gary L from Houston. I really do like this price for him. Um, and then a stack to score six or more runs. Um, I think Seattle and Houston have really good potential to score six or more runs on this slate. Um, I'm going to take Houston, probably the chalkier stack on the slate, but not too concerned about it. Uh, I'm just going to pretty much play one lineup or maybe three. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of what we're looking at on this slate. Um, like I said, that we had some questions come in on Twitter. So I'm going to answer some of these questions and then we're going to kind of get out of here. Uh, first question, contrarian stance on how to attack a three game main slate. Um, I, I think there is contrarian and there's, you know, just leverage spots. One of the leverage spots today would obviously be stacking against Aaron Nola. He's going to be pretty popular. Um, I also think maybe stacking against Robbie Ray would be a good contrarian stance to take on this slate. You know, just given the fact that Ray can get hit and the Dodgers don't strike out a bunch. So on a slate like this, I think that a leverage spot would be stacking San Diego. I, I think a contrarian stance would be stacking the Dodgers. Um, I guess in a contrarian stance would be stacking Arizona too. So on this slate, I think that a lot of people will be stacking Houston, Seattle. Um, the other contrarian stance on this slate is not to stack and just play a couple three mans and build around it. Um, instead of just doing full on stacks, that could be a contrarian process here as well. Can I talk about my process for Vegas line movement, sharp money factors and how it changes your stance on games throughout the day? When it comes to baseball, 
I don't look at Vegas as much as I do in some other sports. I will say that I look at the lines on the morning grind. Um, I write everything down. So I'm looking at it and, you know, the morning I, we do the podcast the night before. So I have the lines, you know, pretty much as soon as they come out and I'll look at them when I start building lineups around five 30 um, on most days, if the slate is normal slate and I'll just kind of see if things have moved a ton. If, if, if runs start or if lines start moving like runs instead of half a runs, um, I'll, tr- I'll start to look into why. Like, is it the weather? Um, is there something that I missed? I think that's more of what I use Vegas for, is if we start to see big-time line movement, did I miss something in my research um, is kind of what I'm looking at here um, when it comes to that. Flyball batters versus ground ball hitters, vice versa. What's the best matchups for batters and pitchers from that perspective? For the pitcher's perspective, you want ground ball hitters against a ground ball pitcher. You know, that's kind of what you want to see on a pitcher standpoint. Um, because if you get a lineup that has a lot of ground balls against, you know, maybe it's just the pitch type too. Maybe just a team that hits sinkers or curveballs, and a guy throws a curveball a ton. Like Rich Hill, if you have 50% ground balls against curveballs and Rich Hill's pitching, like, you know, he throws his curveball about 50% of the time and you're just going to generate a ton of ground balls in that game. So, Ground balls, you don't want ground ball versus ground ball type guys. Um, you know, some hitters, uh, you can use baseball reference is really good to kind of see how hitters do against certain types of pitchers uh, if you want to dig into that. But, yeah, I like most guys, you know, hitting-wise, fly ball pitchers against ground ball hitters generates a lot more line drives, and we see numbers increase. Um, but there are some instances where like you get ground ball hitters that hit ground ball pitchers really well. And it's just kind of the hitter. So, you know, you got to kind of dig into that. But for me, when I'm looking at my pitcher, if I see a ton of ground balls against pitch types that my pitcher has, I think that's a bump to the pitcher. Um, You know, sometimes on these slates, we don't have a ton to go off of. So we just have to kind of rely on what we can. So like, for instance, today, you know, if we're looking at today's slate, we see that Nola has a 51.6% ground ball rate against righties. Um, he throws this curveball about 36% of the times. It's his pitch. And we can see like Reyes, 59% ground ball rate. Hosmer, 60%. Hedges, 55%. We see a lot of ground balls here. Um, so even just in general, the, the Padres team, 46% ground roll rate, you know, combined as starters. Um, only two guys under 40%. One of those only has 21 plate appearances. So they don't really have a massive fly ball righty in this lineup. Um, you know, Machado is around 41%. That's the highest outside of Kinsler. Um, so, and then like Kinsler, if you're looking at it, like he has a 44.3% fly ball rate, but he also has a 23.3% infield fly ball rate. So, Kind of pop-ups, he's hitting a lot of those fly balls up in the infield. So, you know, that's another reason that, you know, you kind of like Nola in this spot. And um, hopefully that answers your question. Uh, Let's see. I know I had some more questions. With only four games on the MLB slate, how does one go about selecting a team? 
salaries have a factor, especially with the stars in action tomorrow. Um, <laughs> roster construction on a three-game slate uh, obviously is going to be way different than roster construction on a ten-game slate. For me, on a three-game slate like this, um, I'm going to narrow my pitchers down as much as I possibly can, and I, I've been able to do that to three guys that I want to use today. And I just kind of hope those guys pitch well and then kind of mix in the offenses that I like. Um, uh, you know, obviously salaries play a difference in it, but, you know, I've talked about a couple cheap guys. You can find cheap guys. Houston seems really underpriced for a matchup with Wade LeBlanc. Um, how much weight do I put into a batter success versus pitch type and percentage of that pitch being thrown by the opposing pitcher? Uh, first of all, I think this is something that's very new to us. Uh, we started using it a lot a, a couple years ago. A lot of people caught on to using it last year. First of all, I, I want the batted ball events to be roughly over 100. I think if it's under that, I, I think it's such a small sample that it's really tough to judge. I think the best judge we typically get is fastballs just because so many people throw fastballs and so many guys, if they've played a lot, you know, we get a lot of data on fastballs. So I think fastballs is like the best point that we get um, when we're using these stats, but it's such an uh, early stat that, you know, I, I certainly weigh it. Um, I, I like to look at how my pitcher does against each of my hitters um, if I'm looking at targeting a pitcher for the slate. So I certainly look at it every day. Um, it's not the end-all stat to me. Um, I look at a lot of stuff when I'm looking at baseball stuff every day. But I do think it, it's certainly something you want to look at, um, You know, especially if you have a guy like Eric Lauer, for instance, Um Let's see. I'm going to try to find a good example here. Smaller slate. So Eric Lauer, he throws his fastball 60% of the time against lefties and 56.5% time against righties. And he's averaging about 91 miles an hour velocity. So in that, like, I'll go in and I'll dig into how guys in this range do. And you know, you'll see that you don't get a lot of batted ball events in that range because, you know, typically we get guys throwing a little bit harder and he's a lefty. You usually see more data from a righty. So, like, you can go into Aaron Nola and you can look at curveballs and you can see how this team does, you know, fastballs 92 to 94 miles an hour. You'll see that Reyes crushes that fastball range but struggles against the curveball and it's kind of like a a mix of what you're going to get there. And, you know, obviously they, their pitchers are doing the data and looking at it as well. So I think that, um, I weigh it. I think it's certainly something you want to look at. Um, you know, especially in the smaller slates, you have more time in the smaller slates to dig into everything, um, when it comes to it. So do I think high dollar, high dollar contests are easier to profit in? If you have the bankroll, seems like the higher dollar contests have lower scores. The higher dollar contests typically has lower scores because it's just you're not playing against as many people. I think the sweet spot is like two to three hundred people in a tournament. Uh, so I love the hundred dollar tournaments, the twenty two dollars, the seventy five dollar three entry max stuff like that. I think are, are great tournaments. Um, you know the thousand dollar contest. See a lot of safer lineups in those usually, and you know when you're playing in like a ten dollar contest and you have 150 entries um, instead of when you're playing in like a thousand dollar contest. I think the max on those are like five to ten entries or three or ten or whatever. 
you just you're able to cover so much more basis uh, with 150 teams than you are on like three to ten teams so that's why you typically see the payout line on those tournaments bigger it's just more of like i don't think it's necessarily high dollar contests have um more profit or easier to profit i think at the end of the day it's I think you can profit more by if you're if you're good at making one lineup, you know, single entry contests and you know the twenty five dollar single entry or the four dollar or the hundred dollar, however you want to do it. But I feel like you know the four dollar single entry tournament most nights is probably going to have a lower lower score than the four dollar twenty entry max. Uh, let's see. How does your tournament and cash selection change based on the size of a slate? Also, when you say you're making one or five team, what helps you narrow down the pool? Uh, this is a great question. I get this question a ton. Um, it's probably the question that I get asked the most because I do talk about how I typically play one to five teams. So on a slate like this, three games like this, I will typically play one to three teams. Um, I'll build a cash lineup and I'll put it in some single entry stuff and then I'll put I'll build two more lineups and I'll put everything in like a three entry max or something along those lines. But uh, as far as narrowing down the pool, I just, I have my initial thoughts on the morning grind. Um, I do a lot of content during the day for RG premium. So I'm digging into it more after, you know, I go to sleep and I wake up and I'm, I'm digging back into the slate. So I take my initial thoughts and I kind of just go through them and I just narrow down my process. Like, I think there's a lot of stuff you can look at as far as baseball. I think you can over-research baseball as well. So I think that's as far as narrowing down your pool, the best thing I, I think the best advice I can tell you, especially on the 15-game slates, is just try to narrow it down to offenses and teams that you like, whether they be chalky, maybe you like them because the pitcher gives up a bunch of home runs, you know, narrow down your player pool and then narrow down your one-offs to guys that have more upside. I think you win tournaments usually by your one-offs going off. Um, if the stack's going off, a lot of people are on that stack. Usually it's just usually comes down to who has the better one-offs and uh, you know, People that are playing one-offs that don't have upside is usually how you can kind of, you know, win tournaments. How often do I hedge against one of my starting pitchers with at least one hitter? Do I play a lot other slates or always stick to the main slate? Uh, me personally, I play the main slate. Um, I, I just have a lot going on with my daughter. Usually at nights, so I want to spend time with my wife. So the main slates are kind of perfect um, for me. You know, I carve out a lot of time throughout the day to do research uh, and, like I was saying, content uh, for premium. And then I, I, you know, carve out a little bit of the day to make lineups. So carving out all that time, you know, by the time the main slate gets locked and everything, I just I want to spend time with my kid and my wife. So I usually only stick to the main slates. Um, you know, there there is times that I'll play other slates i always play the early slate when we get those early like the split slates i like those slates but um how often do i hedge against my starting pitcher on a 15 game slate i'm likely not going to take a hitter against my pitcher um just on that team on a three game slate i certainly don't think it's the craziest thing to take hitters against my pitchers i don't typically want more than like two um 
you know, against my pitcher. So I think that's a really good like stopping point as far as just how many guys you want on that team. Um, as as the hedge question, you know, I'll talk about it on the podcast every once in a while. Like there'll be times where, you know, I, I still make three to five teams, and then I'll like realize like, oh man. I didn't do this the other day, but I should have. Who uh, say you say Kikuchi when he pitched against the Angels the other day? Um, I talked about him on the podcast. He was my my top value pitcher. I ended up playing him on like four out of my five teams on DraftKings. And usually when I do something like that, I'll fire up a three dollar tournament or something, whatever the lower dollar tournament is, and just build whatever stack is against that pitcher just in case they go off. And I kind of wish I did it that day. Did not. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, every once in a while like that. So if you're making five teams and you end up with your pitcher more than like 60, 70, 80%, so four to five teams or three out of five, I don't mind, you know, building a little hedge stack in a cheaper contest just to kind of cover your basis. Um, yeah. I think that was the last question. I don't see any more questions. Hopefully I answered everybody's questions. These smaller slates get a little bit more time. Hopefully it's helpful. These questions were helpful um love love answering questions if you ever if you ever have ever ever have any more questions you can um hit me up on twitter at stevie i don't always get back to him right away but i try to get back to him at some point um so a lot of stuff going on at this time of the season and um you know like i said i will i will try to get back to him as as best as i can um so yeah i appreciate you guys Tuning in. That's going to wrap it up here for Monday. We'll be back tomorrow uh, with Chief Justice 06. Good luck in your contest tonight. We'll see you again then.